0: Good morning, everyone. This is Travel Tuesday, and this is JJ Walsh here in Hiroshima, Japan. And today I have an Onomichi insider from Melbourne, Australia. Thank you so much for joining, Tina McCarthy. Hi.
1: Good morning, everyone. <laughs>
0: Now, usually for Travel Tuesday, I just talk on my own, but I've thought, oh, man, Tina is the perfect person to talk about Onomichi. Even though you're not there now, you want to be in Onomichi right now, right?
1: Yeah, I so badly want to be there. But of course, yeah, we can't get there at the moment.
0: No, we're going to go through some of the overview. I think we could talk for hours, of course, like I said before we started. (laughs) Um, But I've got a bunch of photos and then you've got a bunch of photos and then I've got a bunch of photos. We're just going to keep talking about Onomichi until the hour fills up. How does that sound?
1: (laughs) I think that sounds too short, actually. (laughs)
0: Okay, Um, so I think one of the really appealing things about Onomichi, which I haven't been to all of them, of course, but there are so many interesting matsuris and festivals which are held in Onomichi. And one of them, which I really want to go to sometime when they start up again, is this Becha Matsuri. Have you ever
1: heard of the Becha I have heard of it and I'm really intrigued by it because I haven't seen it either, but I was so intrigued to hear the story of it because I thought, wow, they were onto something before everybody else was.
0: Yeah. So the becha are these really scary like devils and for the becha matsuri, these guys dressed up in these scary costumes go around and try to scare children is the basic idea, right?
1: Yeah, and, and I was also told that it actually started because um, it was to drive away a pandemic.
0: Yeah, mm. right? So That's when kids get sick and to drive away those those evil demons that are making them sick, and uh, so it's to scare the children, but really it's to scare away the, the evil disease demons. So yeah. I thought that was really interesting. So I'd love to go in. And- one time after coronavirus, when they bring back some of these festivals, I'd love to go and see this Bechamatsuri. Yeah, I,
1: I can't wait to see that one. And it's it's written up in so many places and it, it looks incredible, the costumes Yay. and that they wear. But I, I, I was just, you know, when I read about it first, I just thought, wow, you know, that's amazing that they were they were thinking <laughs> about um, pandemics or, you know, spread of viruses um, in such a kind of traditional way. I loved that
0: yeah definitely worth seeking out again another festival i haven't been to but it looks amazing is the akari candle festival uh, Onomichi is famous for all its hilly streets lots of narrow stair staircases up to all the temples the beautiful views we're going to show great pictures of the views in a minute um but this look really interesting have you ever heard of this one
1: yeah, I have. And um, again, I haven't been able to see that one either, but looking forward to it. Um, it sounds really amazing. But what I really love is that it, um, it makes use of the whole idea in Onomichi that it's a hillside town. And so, of course, they light up the whole hillside. I think, I think it's fabulous.
0: Yeah, great idea. And this is a view from the top. You can see the City Museum of Art there. Um, There's amazing views of the whole Seto Naike range. Uh, We're going to talk about how Onomichi is a great starting point for so many people doing their cycle adventures on the Shimanami Kaido, of course. And and of course that
1: that building there too, the uh, Onomichi Art Museum, that's actually a Tadeo Ando building. Of, and of course, he's famous Japanese architect, and um, gosh, he's done some incredible buildings. That, I think it's called the Church of Light, which um, oh, I can't remember what prefecture that's in, but I did see a replica of it in Osaka.
0: But he, he is just incredible, Ando. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And the use of natural light in all of his Mm -hmm. designs is really phenomenal. So I definitely want to keep my eye out for that festival. And anytime you're in Onomichi to go to the top and see the views, it's always a good chance to see the surrounding area. Another thing, of course, with summer which they've stopped doing and I hope they'll bring back someday is the firework festival. Have you ever seen it in Onamichi?
1: No, but interestingly, uh, cause I, I thought that it was canceled this year, but actually some friends of mine uh, showed me some video from Mihara, which of course is not far d- down the road from Onomichi,
0: and they had a fireworks festival just last weekend. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them of course were canceled because uh, people are crammed together as they watch the festival of course so it's not very covid friendly but uh hopefully uh you can still socially distance and watch from afar yeah <laughs> um Gion matsuri is one of the big festivals as well right yes now where we they yeah we carry haven't. the portable shrines through and have dances and parades. Have you ever seen any of it? Yeah, I,
1: you know, I think that may be the one that we did see. And, um, yeah, it was so exciting. We, we actually came upon it after a bike ride and we just kind of rocked into town and all of a sudden there was this huge crowd of people and lots of dancing and guys carrying the, um, you know, the little temples on their shoulders. It was just fantastic,
0: really exciting. Awesome. And I am not sure what's going to happen to these kind of festivals. I was just in Tokushima. They have the famous Awa Odori dances down the street, which is also one of these, like the Gion Matsuri, just packed full of people in the streets to watch and people doing the parade. Um, I hope it can come back. And Japan is getting on top of coronavirus with lots of vaccines. So hopefully... Uh, these kind of matsuris where we have to be in crowds can come back.
1: Well, it's been amazing for us to watch um, Japan's progress with the vaccinations from afar because there was a while there where we were watching and thinking, what are they doing? You know, this is just terrible. Coronavirus is going crazy. And then all of a sudden, bang, you know, vaccinations kicked in and the cases dropped and it's been interesting watching all of a sudden people going out, some of the matsuri are happening it's it's exciting watching what's going on really going gangbusters with it
0: yeah and <laughs> another regular occurrence they had in Onomichi, which we went for a couple times is the saturday festival so yeah. every saturday for a while they were doing a matsuri along the hondori the shotengai the main shopping street
1: yeah and well we've seen that one um and man is it crowded
0: (laughs) it was crazy yeah but they're doing this is one of the reasons why I really want to promote Onomichi as a great destination in terms of sustainability because they are such a great model for what they're doing to try to keep this long covered shopping street alive Uh, You often see in other rural areas around Japan that these areas are becoming shuttered and like little ghost towns. And Onomichi is doing a great job in keeping businesses here along this very long shopping street. And uh, so I'll share some of my my favorite old shops and new shops, which are all intermingled along the shopping street. A little bit later, but this is definitely part of the Onomichi appeal. I think.
1: Yeah, it's I I, I found it really interesting in the years that we've become connected to Onomichi, finding um, or, or when we first our first visit there, we were surprised at you know given that it was kind of the starting point to the Shimanami Kaido, we were intrigued that this place was so quiet and so many shops that were actually closed and shut it off and. Um, But there just seemed to be some little hints in there that things were about to start moving. And it's been surprising over the years since 2015, I think it was, or 2014, I don't remember, um, how many shops have started to open up and um, even if a shop has been closed off, how new businesses with younger people are moving in there and really bringing some energy and life into Onomichi. It's wonderful. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And even during coronavirus, uh, my son and I did a pottery uh, workshop yeah. along the Shoten And while we were there, they had like a, a hula um, little festival happening in one part, you know. So <laughs> even though during coronavirus, people can still have outdoor activities there because it is such a big wide space and uh, it always seems lively. And I think that's a combination of the many festivals, but also the fact that it's a jump off point for the Shimanami Kaido cycling or an ending point, right? It always just seems to have this very exciting and friendly and fun buzz to it along that front uh, harbor and shopping area.
1: Yeah, but I think there's that. That's a real. Um, yeah, it is a, a, a bit of an action point there. But I, I still think there's so much undiscovered excitement in the hills behind the port area too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, these are the last uh, three festivals that I wanted to point out. So uh, Tondo, which is usually held in January. To burn the good luck amulets and charms uh, from the shrines and temples from the previous year, and uh, that's that looks like a really interesting festival. Big bonfires right there near the waterway. Uh, Sai Kokuji fire walking oh, also yeah. is one of the interesting festivals I wanted to mention, and Setsubun. So Setsubun is usually uh, throwing beans at the oni, at the devil, to get the bad luck out and the good luck in in February. <laughs> so it looks like they have a really exciting Setsubun Festival as well.
1: Awesome. And and just going back to uh, Sakokuji, oh, I love that temple so much. Um, what a beautiful spot that is. You, you walk through the huge... Um, Gates at the at the entrance with the big straw sandals hanging up, and then as you proceed further down the path, a huge staircase leading up to the top, top of the hill. And man, what a view on the top of the hill from from there! That's
0: just breathtaking. Yeah, and that's where the fire walking and the mm-hmm. uh, Setsubun was held, right? One yeah. of the main temples there. Uh, before we, I pass the baton to you. <laughs> I would I would love to mention U2. Now I, I know U2 is very, very important for anybody uh, starting their Shimanami Kaido cycling journey, but U2 itself is such an interesting and beautiful facility which has been made from reutilizing an old building. And I just I love what they've done. It's such a great example of what we should be seeing happening with old derelict buildings around Japan, for sure. So I just wanted to focus on it just for a minute. Um, They have, it's like an old harbor building that they've reutilized. On one side, they have a hotel and a bakery And if you ask nicely, they will let you fill up your basket full of bakery treats. Uh, You can get glass bottles of drinks. And this is all recyclable of the glass is part of the value chain for recycling in Japan. And you can eat all your breakfast without any plastic, single-use plastic waste. So this is a really nice feature, which is very hard to do in Japan. And the U2 facility, they also have this harbor front A beautiful area there along the water where you can take in the views and see the cyclists starting their journey, which is really exciting. And uh, there's boats out there to watch. So it's just a great covered area where you can take in some sun and get some food before you start your journey. Um, U2 also has great lockers and showers right behind and public toilets right next to the facility. Um, The way they designed the facility was for you to be able to walk your bicycle through the whole thing. I think they may have changed that rule now. (laughs) Maybe too many people were doing it. And it's hard to walk through the restaurant with your bicycle or even hard to walk through the restaurant because they try to keep it separate. Um, But they do have a bike shop at the front. You can definitely keep your bicycle in your room with you at the hotel. So they're just doing a lot of great innovative stuff at this U2 facility. And it's definitely something I want to promote and shout out in terms of sustainable travel for sure. Have you stayed there,
1: Tina? Yeah, I've stayed there many times when I've taken um, cycling tours there. And um, in fact, it was the first place I stayed in Onomichi as a bit of an introduction to Onomichi and uh, of course, I, I was really drawn to it and my partner is an, an architect. So, of course, we were really interested in it and my past as being a designer too. So um, it was a really interesting story in that the the whole wharf area was actually pretty run down and a bit of a dump area and so the Hiroshima Prefectural Government put out a competition and uh, that was I think it was probably around 2000 and, 12 something like that and uh the contest was won by a hiroshima design firm architectural firm called suppose and they're pretty pretty well known for doing some pretty funky stuff around um hiroshima but also in other areas in japan too and so the whole concept of bringing to life this old wharf and actually kind of paying homage to uh, the onamichi history I think was a really brilliant idea and um what what they did with it um you know it kind of it kind of brought a whole focus to onamichi and I think when we saw that we we had this real sense that onamichi was a, a a city who despite the fact some parts of it looked like it was closed off and shut shuttered it was actually going somewhere um, and so I it, the whole development was done by I think it was Discover, Discover Link Satuchi and they've been responsible for doing quite a few really innovative projects. So another one that they've worked on in Onamichi, of course, is Onamichi Share, which is again is um, if I can just find my picture of it here. Uh, they actually have uh, oh I have to go and find that picture now. They actually have um, an old warehouse which they opened up and turned it into a share office area and uh it's run by the same company but it wasn't actually the same designer uh, let me just awesome. drag it.
0: well if you if you find it you can add it in a little while um Here we go. I just, just, oh you I got just, it good yeah i got that one in so hang on a
1: second so that's the the wharf front. So that's Onamichi's share, and you can just go in there and um, you can rent space, do your work there, uh, have coffees, um, all kinds of stuff. It's in a perfect spot, and I believe that uh, Onamichi is actually using it for quite a bit of uh, community projects. So can we get that? There we go. There's the interior of it. It's pretty nice
0: that's awesome and you see a lot of the refurbished old buildings like this in Onomichi, which i love like the little cafes or coffee shops which are using the existing building and just remodeling the inside so you still have that aesthetic of the old style building you usually have the old style storefront which is really cool um they're just doing a lot of great innovative stuff uh just one more thing i want to mention before i pass the baton to you tina um, Onomichi is very easy to just get the short ferries and do day rides, as well as doing the long Shimanami Kaido rides. And this is one day ride that I did. Uh, we started at U2 right here at the facility. We rented uh, bicycles; these little cute, like hybrid you know, very easy to ride uh, cross bikes, I think. And we just went to this first red bridge. So short ferry, maybe 30 minutes ride to this sh- first red bridge and then over to the island and seeing this beautiful red torty gate on the beach. So it is very possible to do half day rides, full day rides from Onomichi. come right back. You don't have to do the full shimanami kaido if you're you know you don't have that few days or the week to commit to it right tina
1: yeah you there there are so many possibilities as far as cycling in the area and um gosh you know you can just ride around the town of Onomichi as um, a fun thing to do and not not even cross over to the islands Um, there's plenty to see plenty to experience as well so but that that ride that you did over to the beautiful little red tory gate on the the island that is just gorgeous I I remember coming across that and feeling like I just walked into some kind of movie set it was just magnificent yeah
0: amazing right so
1: so, like it's not in any of the
0: guidebooks or anything right you just come and it it is it is just off the blue line. So as you're cycling the Shimano Mikaido, I usually use people not to get lost. They stick to the blue line, which makes sense. But it's really not far off. And uh, yeah, I think Paul has reviewed it on Get Hidoshima, So we've got more information there. Yeah, so, awesome. Tina, you—the reason I was so excited to have you on this show is because you have spent so much time in Onomichi, not just on your cycle tours bringing people over mm. from Australia, but you bought an old house. Tell mm-hmm. us about your house and why you chose Onomichi. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think people
1: in Onomichi must think we're just the crazy Australians. And and in fact, it's kind of become a bit of a running joke because um, some friends of ours actually went to check the house out and he's a, a stonemason and we needed to get some stonework done. And uh, he was having trouble finding a parking spot in Onomichi and near our house and he's he ended up going into the local hairdresser and said, oh, I have to go and visit somebody's house and I need to park my car, can you tell me? And he said, oh, the hairdresser said, oh, which house? And, oh, it belongs to some Australian people. Oh, we know them. <laughs> we've never met them, but they knew all about us. So <laughs> we thought that was kind of funny. So um, we have a bit of a reputation that we have bought this old house in the middle of Onomichi. So um, how did it happen? We talked about um, having a, a house in Japan for many, many years, but never really Kind of got serious about it until we discovered onamichi and there was just something about onamichi that we were really drawn to um i think it was the the quietness of it but also the fact it was really um as cyclists for us it was kind of like cycling mecca and We felt that there were so many opportunities there for us to be just going and spending our time riding around and um, enjoying Japanese culture and getting to know people and getting to know the area. But uh, also as my husband as an architect and me as a designer and um, I've always had a real passion for Japanese design since my very first visit there in 1985 on a a design study tour. Um, We'd we'd really longed to have a Japanese house and an old Japanese house because we felt that there was um, so many things that we could learn from it, but at the same time um, we wanted to restore it and take it back to what it was. So um, we kind of checked out quite a few places. (laughs) This was one place where we actually looked at and said, yeah, I guess we'll just look at it and, um, you know, it doesn't look that interesting, but... um, we, we just walked in the door and suddenly went, this is it. Um, we were so enamoured with the place that we were kind of instantly saying, we'll take it, we'll take it. And um, so that kind of began the journey for us. Unfortunately, with COVID, we haven't been able to spend more than two weeks in our house, which has been pretty sad, but we will get back there. Um, but the house itself is really interesting uh, it was built in 1940 oh, 1947 i think it was uh, 1948 so it's pretty old now but it's in incredible condition and it was owned uh the, the previous owner to us was the, the local carpet guy but The locals have told us a little bit of the history and, of course, my Japanese is not brilliant, so I've been able to just kind of glean a little bit of information from the neighbours and they told us that they called the house the rich house and the reason it became known as that was because the man who lived there or the man who built it apparently was quite rich and he was the local geta maker, and so he kind of—it sounded like he kind of cornered the market for geta within Onomichi. And he had a horse and cart, which he kept on the property just below him, and he used to travel all around Onomichi and um, Fukuyama, and um, even into Hiroshima and across to the islands, selling the geta. So. Um, he was obviously quite quite well off and certainly one of the neighbours told us that they remember seeing Geta hanging up in the front in the windows of the, the building which we thought was really interesting um, the woodwork within the house and you can see um, some of the uh, Rama, uh, I think they're called Ranma, ranma um, are absolutely exquisite and a couple of them actually are quite seasonal with different pictures along them Um, we even have a well in our house which um, we were a little bit surprised about (laughs) and it came to a shock as us because we didn't know we bought a house with a well until after we moved in there and we discovered it and I instantly felt like oh my god I feel like I'm just in you know a Haruki Murakami novel because he often talks or writes about wells and so (laughs) I was terrified I might fall down into it. And I'd have these, you know, kind of psychotic dreams about cats and strange people. (laughs) Oh, my gosh,
0: um, that's incredible. And it's such a beautiful house. And you've done a a beautiful job uh, restoring it. And it's in a really good location. You're not too far from the shopping area. So you can walk down and get some food or drink and
1: walk back. It's not too far, right? Yeah, we're about two kilometres away from from the station, Um, but, you know, in a direct line down to the water. So, uh, you know, we just just love it there so much and we can't wait to spend more time there, obviously. There's so many interesting places in Onomichi that we just long to hang out in our house and go exploring.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and there's a few very interesting temples uh, not far from your house too, right? And you have this... Uh, picture with the textiles. Is this design stuff that you've done for the house?
1: Uh, no, that is actually one of my favorite shops in Onomichi, which is a little sewing shop. And um, it's one of the places I'm just busting to get back to because um, it's a sewing shop in Onomichi that she sells fabrics and cotton and sewing machines. And I discovered she speaks a little bit of English too. But the fabrics in that shop, um, you know, I, I try so hard here in Melbourne to get Japanese fabrics and I invariably I end up having to purchase them from overseas. Um, but this shop, I keep thinking if only I was there, I'd just have such a great supply of beautiful Japanese fabrics. Um, so I thought I'd put that photo in there because that's kind of one of the reminder of one of the places I'm so desperate to go back to. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love those traditional shops. And uh, I'm going to introduce a few of them. Uh, Before we go on, I wanted to show more from the ropeway. Because uh, although Onomichi is so wonderful to take your time and walk up all the narrow, steep streets, there is also a ropeway right to the top where you can see these amazing views. And um, so even if, you know, (laughs) you're not that into spending the day walking up stairs <laughs> um you can use the ropeway and get to the top and then see these amazing views yeah and it's and- a really fun ropeway you start at uh, kind of going through a shrine
1: yeah and and it's um and as you go over the top of the hillside you can also see other little shrines dotted through the hillside it's it's fabulous i love it yeah And of course, being being a
0: cyclist, you must look at this view from the top and think, I've been there. I want to go to that mountain, right?
1: (laughs) Well, actually, um, we have done that. But we also discovered by bike that you can actually ride around the back of the mountain and actually get to the the top of the hill by bike. Um, And that's a fun little hill climb. Also, with some really awesome views.
0: That's awesome. Uh, you you mentioned some of the old shops. Um, I wanted to point out some of the old coffee shops. I love kisaten, and the old coffee shops, uh, kind of from the '70s, '80s, I would say '90s even. Um but they have so many of these great old coffee shops along the shopping street down in Onomichi which I really love. Yeah. So you've got you've got the the window at the front that shows you all the plastic foods. So you know exactly what you can order. Um they've got their own roasters. They're all roasting their own beans so they have their own blends of coffee. And it's just this real throwback to japan of you know 20 30 years ago which is so part of japanese culture but you wouldn't most visitors wouldn't equate giant toast or strong coffee with uh japan but it's so it's so much a part of uh traditional culture in japan i would say
1: but you know i I actually found out something really interesting (laughs) recently and of course with onamichi really taking off and a lot of these um shops that have been shuttered over and i've I've just thrown up a picture there of the um the walking street where a lot of these coffee places are and uh you know in the the last few years there's been quite a few new places opening up and recently there's one which has opened up um and gosh now i have to remember the name of it Um, but it's a coffee place in onamichi that actually sells coffee from melbourne so I was really excited to find out about that. And they're supplying coffee from a place which I swear is like two kilometers from my house in Melbourne. So that's pretty weird. I'll, I'll be able to um, go to uh, the coffee shop and get Melbourne coffee when I'm in Onomichi.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So original and uh, connection to where you're coming from is so fun. Um, Sean will just give a shout out to people who are joining us live this morning. Sean Rides in Tokushima says, "Are there any donuts to match? There mm-hmm. are definitely and crepes and lots of sweets to enjoy." Actually, um, one, of the, the one of the
1: first places that I I discovered for uh, ride food in Onomichi was I think is it Mister Donuts or Donut King in Onomichi? Mister Donuts, right-, right there at the
0: station, yes. right. <laughs> yeah awesome. definitely um and there's this really old crepe shop which i wanted to point out which is really fun now let me see if i can find it right there on the main shopping street and it's another one of those w- throwbacks to maybe 20 30 years ago but it always has a good sized line outside of it marion crepes So maybe not donuts, but you can get these crepes with lots of cream or ice cream fruit inside. And that's always uh, got a good line in front of it. Uh, One of the festivals I didn't mention yet, uh, which I happened upon on one visit to Onomichi, was the beer festival. So every year they have a big beer festival that takes over the shopping street. And then because there's also so many shops that sell these cool old glasses, instead of using the plastic cup at the beer festival, I just bought one of these beautiful glasses and took this around the beer festival. And then it was my souvenir cup that I took home. Yeah. And and so cheap. Like, I think it was 200 yen, about two bucks. Yeah, and the,
1: the beer festival is so cool because, um, I you know I think Japan's got such a wonderful reputation now for craft beers, and I think it's a really um it's kind of an undiscovered gem, and I keep thinking, gosh, how can I bring these beers to Australia? Because of course everybody knows Australians love beer so much, um and. We, we are really totally taken with the whole idea of these craft beers around the area. And, of course, there's now Onomichi Craft Brewery. There's uh, Rise and Win, which is over in Tokushima. Uh, there's the um, Satoda beer as well. There are so many little craft breweries and they are really terrific beers. They're totally world class.
0: Yeah always impressed by the small breweries and the high quality that they have. I have a picture here of one shop, which is selling a bunch of local beers. Uh, so you've got the Shimanami IPA, which I haven't tried yet, but I, I took this picture. The Setoda Lemon Ale yeah, and uh, Onomichi Craft Beer as well. We also went in one place, which was Uh, Onomichi coffee and uh, also craft beer, but they weren't doing the beer when we visited, but I I hope they're doing it again when we go back next time.
1: (laughs) I think that the idea of the... You know, the lemon beer and the yuzu beer, I, I'd never heard of that before and we tasted it, of course. We had to taste it in Satoda, which seems to be the right place to be drinking lemon or yuzu-flavoured beer. We loved it and uh, it's it's something you just can't find here in Melbourne, very hard to find.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. And these are some of the little shops where I got my glass from for the beer festival. Uh, They also have these beautiful ceramics, like a real variety of ceramics available and really reasonably priced. It's like modern designs, old traditional classic designs. And then I love all these little shops, which are very plastic free. So a lot of woven baskets, uh, reusable tin buckets. It's very retro, but I just love seeing shops that aren't, like, full of plastic. It's so rare in Japan, right?
1: I, I think that's one of the the nice things about Onomichi is that it is kind of retro. Um, and, it, and it really is kind of proud of being retro as well. And there are so many um, places, yeah, that it just um, filled with so many old things, recycled things, and or keeping the old things like this... Um, you know the the little neko museum up on the hill in cat alley and you know they they're just keeping all of this stuff because they know it's important and i i really love that that they're preserving
0: what what is so special about onomichi yeah definitely that's a really interesting feature of Onomichi too is all the cats, right?
1: Mm, yeah, you know there's videos that you can actually, I'm not sure if you can still do it, but you could actually watch the cats live on um, YouTube. It was just amazing that, and I'm not sure how they actually did it, but it was fascinating watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there was, isn't it Onomichi where they have one shop and the cat keeps trying to come inside and <laughs> That's the, the staff is is shooing shooing him out, but being so gentle and kind. And that went crazy on YouTube, I believe. Yeah, it's
1: fabulous. And and some of the cats have become quite famous. Um, Actually, I should have dug out a photo I have. Um, It's a cat that's become famous between myself and friends, and we call it the griddled cat because (laughs) – This cat always lies in the one spot near a drain, but the pattern on the coat looks like he's been barbecued on the drain. So he's just become known as the famous griddled cat. And every so often I see him pop up in photos in Onomichi and
0: think, oh, there he is. He's still there. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, You've got this great photo of your bright pink bike with the view. Where is that? Did you cycle up to the top?
1: Yeah, so that is actually on the route that takes you around the back, so the opposite side of the hill to the ropeway, and you can cycle up the hill around the back and uh, to Senkoji. And there are some awesome viewpoints on that road. It's a nice little climb. It's probably maybe two kilometres long, if that, maybe a kilometre. And it's quite steep, but it's a lot of fun, and you get these nice viewpoints to stop along the way. And... uh, it, it actually runs off the, the road which is called the uh, Iwami-Ginzan Highway. Uh, you take a road that goes off to the left-hand side and goes up the back of Senkoji. And I was really interested in this whole idea of, you know, the, the Iwami-Ginzan Highway. And, in fact, it, it, we were interested because only recently it seems to have changed names on Google Maps. It used to just be called the Kurihara Road. And uh, the Iwami Ginzan Highway is really, I suppose, pretty interesting as as far as the history of Onomichi goes because Iwami Ginzan, of course, is um, World Heritage-listed silver mine up on the Japan Sea coast side of Japan uh, near the city of Oda. And at one time in its history, it was supplying around about a third of the world's silver, and that's pretty extraordinary to think that much silver came out of that mine. And there was a, a road where they actually transported the silver down from Iwami Ginza and acro- inland across across the mountains down to Onomichi. And then they shipped the silver out, of course, all around the world, but mostly from Onomichi. It went to Osaka and to Hokkaido. And then it was then shipped on further um, throughout the world. But, of course, that meant that Onamichi became a really key um, shipping point and became quite um, important to the local area as far as being, um, I I guess, a cross point for um, transporting goods out of of Japan as well as bringing them in. But I think what's also interesting along with that is the history um, uh, of the Murakami pirates who were really famous within the Satuchi area, particularly around um, some of the islands on the Shimanami. And so the Murakami pirates, of course, protected the area. We think of pirates as being, you know, kind of rape and pillage, a bit like um, Vikings, but really they were were known for protecting the area from, I guess, the marauding masses from from the west. And so um, probably thought that the Murakami pirates were actually doing a pretty good job of protecting that silver that had come down from Iwami Ginzan. So I thought that was really interesting
0: from a historical point of view. That is really interesting. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, let's go back to the, the boardwalk. So the boardwalk view, I think we showed a little bit in front of the U2 facility. But they've done a great job repaving that boardwalk. So it's all really nice and wide. Uh, it's got new wood, as far as I can tell. So it's a really nice, pleasant, open boardwalk right there next to the water. Um, you don't often see this in Japan, right? The board, the water is either covered up by buildings or they just don't have that big, wide boardwalk. Yeah. Um, And along the shopping street, you can find, look at this. This is old, like Japanese traditional armor and swords. How can you ever find shops like this in Japan? And then it's along the main shopping street. So this is really fun to point out.
1: Well, and you can actually go inside that that knife shop and have your photo taken with a samurai sword too.
0: (laughs) It's so fun. And then along the way as well, because you have a lot of uh, local, uh, like people having their own gardens, which are also growing food, you can get such cheap vegetables. Look at that, 20 yen for a cucumber and plastic free to boot. And then the other vegetables were also really cheap, like little uh, reuse of paper to sell tomatoes from their garden everything was about a dollar or less, you know? So I love finding these. Um, Also along that Shotengai, I have to say my favorite pizza place, which also (laughs) has vegan and vegetarian pizza, which is so hard to find in Japan. And they're doing such a great job. It's right there near the station, Onomichi train station. It's called Tranquilo. And he does this beautiful white base of pizza, which is made from nuts. So it's a creamy nut base instead of cheese. So I just wanted to mention that because it's so hard to find vegan, vegetarian food in Japan still. But there there are great places um, doing really innovative things in Onomichi, which is awesome. Another reason to visit, of course... It's most famous for the meatier versions. Uh, Onomichi ramen is one of the famous go-to meals. If you're in Onomichi, there's a cute sign here for Onomichi ramen. Um, but don't worry if you are a vegan vegetarian, especially if you're doing a long cycle, you need to fuel up. There is a great place in the center right opposite the tourist office, the souvenir shop, uh, the old Cento that has a great falafel sandwich. And then there's the pizza place that has vegan vegetarian pizzas as well.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Can I just go back to the, the what you were saying about the um the boardwalk and of course um that whole waterfront area across on is really famous and um how can we not, uh, you know forget to mention of course um Tokyo Story which um, became I, was, I think it was made in 1953, 54 and uh, I'm just adding adding that in and uh, it was a, a film set in Onomichi but it told the story of a family whose children had grown up and moved away which I guess is really the typical story of Onomichi these days still continues that the, the family or the parents, as they get older, the children move away, the the businesses close down, and the shops get closed up. But um, it so this story is still quite relevant today, and uh, I think the the whole viewpoint of Onomichi is really reflected in in that movie, which is so old. But I I dragged out these pictures because I thought they were kind of interesting. This particularly this one of um, the people sitting on the wharf front there. And if you watch the movie, you can see lots around the, the city of Onomichi. So the, the ambiance of that film, I think, still exists very much so in Onomichi.
0: That's great to mention. Thanks so much, Tina. I didn't realize Tokyo's story and the relevance, of course, uh, with Japanese film and Onomichi, such a classic town. Of course, it, it has, um, if you go up, there's a poet walk that you can take and you can read the old traditional poetry as well if you can read Japanese. I wish they would have a bit of English to guide you because it's very difficult to read.
1: (laughs) That that walk is the it's called the I think it's the path of literature and um, there are of course some really famous authors who have Um, either come from Onomichi or spent time there. And one, of course, there's a a statue of her down at the beginning of The Walking Street. Um, Hayashi Fumiko, who is a female writer, which is really interesting as well because, of course, um, in in that era, I guess most of the authors that were well-known were actually men. So to have a female writer, Author who who has been commemorated within the town of Onomichi, I, I think that's really exciting. But there are also um, some others, I believe. Basho as well spent some time in Onomichi, and um, I've I've read parts of his books to try and find the parts that were set in Onomichi, but I haven't actually found them yet. But wow. um, if
0: you, yeah, good if you- for you reading Basho. He's a famous poet of course who traveled all over japan yeah i didn't realize he was in Onomichi as well uh just so i can pass on the baton again uh there is a place you can do pottery workshop i mentioned all the great potty pottery studios um this one soda is right on the corner there a bit further along the sharp shopping arcade really nice young potter who has started doing workshops to get a bit more income coming in. And we did a workshop there. It was really fun. So there's there's a variety of things you can do besides walking around and seeing temples or old shops. So just wanted to mention that.
1: Definitely. I, you know, I think Onamichi is just... There is so much happening there now. It'll be really interesting to see what what happens in the next, I guess, twenty years um, with where it's all headed. Because so many young people are moving into the area and uh, really changing the landscape. I guess.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that that I wanted to mention is uh, Onomichi. They're obviously they have some very good planners who are helping to keep um, these places from becoming closed and shuttered and, and kind of killing the atmosphere. So I've, I've heard of different uh, techniques that they're using to try to get young people to come in and open their shops, uh, giving them some support to start new businesses. So that's wonderful to hear about.
1: Yeah, and the, um, the, the Hiroshima prefectural government of course has um, lots of plans in place for people to start new businesses, including foreigners who, who want to start new businesses as well. And that's all about, um, it, it's not just any business can start, it's, it's businesses that really focus on regenerating areas and so it's certainly something I've been interested in because of cycling and I think that obviously cycling has already brought so much to the area to really bring people back in that I think it's um it's really important for them to keep following this path of um, not losing what they already have and but encouraging people to really to really look at what the history of the area is and use that as something that can be the draw card. I really love that what they're doing with that. Uh,
0: Did you have other photos you wanted to talk about? So there are also a couple of other photos.
1: Um, I'm just trying to put a few of them in. Um, There's a, a couple of, speaking about regenerating the area, there are also some other places. Um, I'm just going to put this one in it's there's a place called Log in Onomichi and it's also I believe it's another um, DiscoverLink Satuchi place and it was actually a, a kind of 1970 sort of building and it was a it looks like a school to me but I think it was actually an old hotel and uh what they decided to do was revive the hotel and they called in uh, some architects from India of all places. So Studio Mumbai was called in. They're pretty famous for doing this kind of work, regenerating old buildings, but it was it was the first job they had actually ever done uh, outside of India. So it was interesting that they were even called in to do it. And um i've i have actually been there and had a bit of a tour through it It, it's absolutely magnificent it's um has that real seren i guess i'd call it that kind of zen serenity to it uh and it, it just um i'm just trying to find it there it is the picture of the entranceway it um these rooms are just so simple and the entranceway they you can see that kind of 1970s building behind it and the entranceway as a sort of little traditional Japanese mon or gate and inside what they've done with all of the colorways is actually look at the colors of onamichi that were reflected around the houses and the sea but also the earth as well and on one of the walls there, they actually have all of the test colours that they used um, and they've left them on the wall so that you can see them. Uh, I couldn't find a photo of it. But it's it's just a really beautiful place that has that real ambiance about old meets new and Uh, definitely worth a visit. There's a wonderful gift shop in there too with um, glassware and jewellery from local artisans as well. Really superb. A lot of steps to get up to it. So despite the fact many keep saying to me, we should stay there for cycling tours, I kind of remind them that, well, you know, how do you feel about carrying
0: your bikes up the steps? (laughs) It's pretty hard work. Yeah that it just looks gorgeous i didn't know about that that's
1: fabulous Yeah, it's, it's wonderful it's another um, discover link satuchi place they also have uh, another project in town which is the Onomichi denim project and uh yeah. i think i i'm not sure i had a photo of it but um so what they're doing with the denim is um because of course the area was really famous for its cotton and um there's a couple of cotton shops in town but the onomichi denim which denim with of course being a cotton they were quite famous for that but what they're doing with the denim project is they actually have um the jeans are, are made up and they give them to local people to wear for you know a year or maybe two years And so the denim or the the jeans then become imprinted with the personality of the person who is a local in Onomichi. So a a really interesting concept. They're not cheap um, to buy, that's for sure, even though some say, well, they use jeans. But when you see them, they have that character about, you know, why why would you buy a cheap pair of jeans that have had kind of fake um, fading put on them? These are the authentic fade. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's really interesting project, isn't it? It's, um, yeah. you know, they, they really wanted to do something different. Denim is so famous from not only uh, Hiroshima, I think kind of has a second tier uh, for the denim that really it's from Okayama. And I talked about Okayama Denim, uh, it's not coming through. This is their official website here. It's kind of hard to see. Um, but it they want workers to wear it right so they have these cool yeah. jeans and uh, they want the workers to to wear them in their work and then they of course wash them and, And repair them if needed and then they sell them but they want to integrate this idea of a new product that's closely connected to local people and i think you just don't see this very much and in terms of sustainability it's fabulous um trying to make value for local people as well as visitors as well as customers so yeah very exciting yeah
1: so speaking of that um sustainability idea within Onamichi, that's probably a really good segue into um, talking about the Akiya bank, bank and old houses in Onamichi. So um, the Akiya Bank, of course, is a um, government or council organisation which has a record of all of the old houses in Onamichi, which um, not all of the houses, old houses, but a lot of the old houses which have been abandoned or they don't know who owns them. And so um they, um, you can actually acquire these houses. Some of them you can purchase, but most of them you just acquire them and have like a, I guess, a long-term lease on them. And the idea is that you will bring them back to what they were or find some community good for the house or the property. And this, this one that's pictured is actually miharashite. And it's a guest house up on top of the hill. And it was one of the projects that was actually developed by uh, the Akiya Bank people, and they saw this place and thought, wow, you know, it's been abandoned, but this has got to be good for something. But, of course, there was all that fear of it being such a huge project. But they really turned that around, and that has a really spectacular view because it's right up near Senkoji, and um you can stay there, it's got a little coffee shop as well and it's all about the sustainability of keeping a place like this alive uh, and repurposing it for something fantastic. So if you're looking for places in Onamichi, um, you know, there are a couple of choices. You can either use the Akia Bank or you can just find houses yourself and go through local real estate agents who, of course, think that people like us are completely mad wanting to buy old houses. But, um, you, you know, I guess I, I guess the appeal to, of it for us is if you have read um, anything by Alex Kerr, um, who, of course, had some wonderful places on Shikoku, um, he talks about the design of Japanese houses and how it hasn't changed in, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And um in, in a way why would you change the design when it's so perfect because the rooms are so multifunctional and so um easy to I guess um use them for anything that you want to uh, they, they change their purpose throughout the day so it goes from being a, a sleeping room to a living room to a child's playroom all throughout the day and then then might be a room for meals later on so um you know, the the idea of that, and, and if that were to be lost, because a lot of Japanese people are really not, seem to be not that interested in keeping the old houses, it's kind of a shame that some of that will be lost when, in fact, from, you know, the architectural or the design point of view, it really is quite perfect. And I think that's what drew us to it so much.
0: And a lot of the buildings, it seems like are in decent enough condition where you could remodel them and use the frame and the bones of the structure and just change what you needed to change to make it more comfortable, but to keep this traditional aesthetic, which is so lovely. I just want to give mm-hmm. a shout out to the nonprofit Onomichi Akiya Sansei project. Sorry, sorry. Um, which sorry, is a saisé, which is doing great work um, to try to introduce a lot of these old abandoned buildings um, to people who are interested in buying them or renovating them. So it's it's nice to see young people. I believe a young woman who's who's heading this organization.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know they do a fantastic job. It's um, the houses can be anywhere from completely run down to yet worth restoring, but even the ones that are really completely run down, um, there's still value in them and particularly up on the hill, um, actually along the Temple Walk, um, there's a little building that's been constructed there which has actually been made out of lots of the old timber from places that um, I believe were actually not, that they couldn't save them you know, as much as they wanted to, but they've kept some of the timbers and they've constructed another little building and it also acts as a little bit of a storehouse too, I think, for people who are fixing the houses up to go and collect, you know, bits of timber and things like that. So pretty awesome idea.
0: That's great. And it looks like um, that project as well is helping people to not only remodel and restore, but also to rent it out uh, using Airbnb and other things. So it's not going to be something if, if it's a second home for you, you can still make use of it when you're not there and make a little bit extra income but keep the area alive. I think this is one of the worries uh, for people buying second homes is that it remains like a ghost town because nobody's actually there most of the time. But if you can rent it out because so many people want to come and stay in Onomichi, but there's a limit to accommodation. So it's wonderful that they're encouraging people to put it on Airbnb and, and rent it out as well. Yeah, and some of
1: them have also been turned into community um, event centres, there's bookshops that have come from the Akia Bank, um, little restaurants and cafes, uh, all kinds of interesting little things that have that have been set up, even the, the Neko Museum too. So it's really exciting to see what people can do, particularly some of the um, Akia Bank places where young people take them over and they don't have a lot of money to do these projects, but they do fantastic things with them, which is really awesome to see. Yeah,
0: that's fantastic. You've got so many more great photos to show us of your own beautiful house that you've restored, but we have hit our one hour mark, Tina. We're gonna have to have you back and dive more into your renovation project just alone. I think we could talk about it for an hour for sure. Sure. I'd love to do that. I could
1: talk about Onomichi forever.
0: <laughs> let's let's do it. We'll do a follow-up talk uh, sometime soon. Thank you, everybody, for joining. We got some great comments. It's great to see you here. Heavenly Dew, Birdman, Louise, of course, from uh, New Zealand. It's always great to see you here. Sean Rides from Tokushima. Molly from the U.S. Pablo from L.A. Wow, we had so many international people uh commenting and joining us today thank you so much and molly says definitely bring her back thank
1: you molly (laughs) i'd love to come back
0: (laughs) we've just to mention we have had conversations with tina before Uh, we've been talking about cycling but we haven't talked about your restoration project before and Not this right. is definitely a great theme to come back and talk about because a lot of people, especially international residents or visitors are interested in buying these old properties and renovating. So we'll definitely I have can't you back. Tell
1: you how many times people have asked me when, you know, it comes up that we have this house and they say Can foreigners buy a house in Japan? Is it easy to do? And it just ends up being this long conversation. People are really, really curious about it. So I won't attest to being an expert, but um, I I have a passion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And it's it's such a good way uh, in terms of sustainability as well to keep these neighborhoods alive, to keep the communities alive, but also to reuse of something which is wasted. These yeah. old structures, these old beautiful textiles inside and and features yeah. of design which are being destroyed or not used at all. So and, definitely worth talking about.
1: Yeah, the idea of Japan, you know, builds its houses to last for 20 or 30 years. You know, go figure, why? You've got these beautiful houses that like ours has lasted for, you know, 70, 80 years bring them back, restore them, use them for something because they don't have you don't have to live like they lived then. You can make them comfortable. So there's a lot to be talked about with that. Definitely.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much Tina for joining and giving us great Onomichi insights as someone who has bought property and really invested a lot of time, energy and money in the area. It's awesome to have you join and we'll definitely have you back just talking about your renovation.
1: Thank you. I'd love to come back.
0: Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Everybody have a great day. Take care. See you next time. Bye.